You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back. Big Show Hour 4 live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Cracked foundation, Boeing foundation walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, and we're joined by the editor-in-chief and host over at Sirius XM, editor-in-chief at the fourth period, and host over at Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, David Pagnota. David, thanks so much for taking time out of your day and uh, talking a little NHL with me. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, no uh, problem. Fun up-and-down season in, in, in Calgary, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, fun week at least we got going with the All Star break. Yeah, yeah, we're getting it's kind of, it's in that little dead time where a lot of a good chunk of the teams are all on bye week. Just uh, I believe six teams are still yeah. playing this week. But uh, we'll start with uh, with the local hockey heroes here in Calgary. the The Calgary Flames they just, they had a two and four home stand. Uh, you know, coming off that you know maybe the not so great game against the Chicago Blackhawks, still getting uh, the two right. points. And like Don Maloney said, it was during the the dad's trip when they were out in Arizona. Said he's going to take the cues from this team. They're four and four since those comments were made. But you know they lost the Blues, they lost the Jackets, they you know they had the losses to the Leafs and the Oilers as well in there. Where are we at with the Oilers? And do we think, or sorry, with the Flames? And do we think coming out of this All Star break, Craig Conroy is going to start taking? A little bit more calls if there are calls happening right now well there are yes yeah. there certainly yeah there, there certainly are um you know teams are looking to see what their options are uh who's available who's potentially available you know things of that nature and there are a ton of targets um on the calgary flames uh so yeah i mean craig conroy definitely active um and and him and and maloney and the rest of the staff have a decision to make and i i think you know, you're five points back of, of a wild card spot, um, but the teams that you're chasing have games in hand. Mm-hmm. So I think taking that all into account, where they're at, I, I think the, the mindset hasn't necessarily changed in terms of being both in the buyer's and seller's market. Okay. Um, buyer's more long-term. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going after rentals. They're going to be likely giving up those pieces. Uh, whether it's Lindholm or, or Hannafin or Tanev or Osterley, Gilbert, whomever, mm-hmm. um, they have pieces that, that certainly teams are interested in. So can you sell those pieces off, generate some, some sound assets, and either package all or some with some other pieces and try to bring in some, some guys on this team that fit the mold, fit the direction, and that ha- have um, term on their deals and are, and are controllable and or are controllable. So... I think that mindset hasn't changed and, and it may escalate now as we get to this point where we're at the break um, effectively, All-Star is, is on the weekend, uh, and then after that, that's when things really start to ramp up, especially based on how things went last season. So there's no question they're going to be busy. Um, it's just a matter of how can they maximize the potential returns for some of their guys and then how can they utilize those assets in other areas. Do, do you get a sense that it could be sooner rather than later, or is this kind of like all those deals are kind of get done in and around March 8th? I, I think we're going to see, I, similar to last season, okay. um, where there was, you know, a, a, like an abundance of moves happening consistently. Every couple of days, yeah. there was an impact type trade. didn't have much of a deadline. Uh, no, no, I, I know. And, and I think we're going to see something similar this year. I, I don't, like last year, there were a lot of cap implications. This year, 
not as as strained Teams as kind of know week. that it's kind of on the up and up right yeah right and you know looking towards you know next year and the year after with the cup uh, excuse me the cap going up five percent each year there, there, it makes things a little bit more palatable yeah. to do um long term but i think like in these kinds of scenarios with respect to guys like Lin, Lindholm and, and Hannafin, the numbers are out there. Everybody knows what these guys are looking for, what type of contracts they're likely to get. Um, you know, Lindholm certainly having a bit of an off year uh, offensively. I'm sure that will affect things to a certain mm-hmm. extent, uh, but he's not going to go from, you know, the, you know, he, he'd like to be in the nine range. He's not going to drop to the six. Like that's not yeah. happening. So, you know, teams have an idea as to whether or not some of these players are going to be pure rentals. Or if you're going to have an opportunity to sign them uh, long term, which is what like the Islanders did when they acquired Bo Horvat from Vancouver around this time last year, they brought him yeah. in, spent a couple of days talking, able to get an extension done. Uh, I think with some of these pieces, we're going to see that that trickle effect leading up to deadline might not be as active as last year, but I do think, especially in the couple of weeks before, we're going to see a few moves, and, and Calgary certainly has the pieces. It's, it really comes down to you know, is a team willing to cough up two to three significant assets for Lindholm, two significant mm-hmm. assets for Hannafin and Tanev. So we'll see how that kind of goes. Yeah, Flames certainly probably the, the number one team to watch uh, heading into that deadline just with the amount of quality UFAs they have right. uh, heading into the deadline. Uh, anything you're hearing on the Hannafin front? I know like there is, he seems like the one extension candidate, but there was some talk out, uh, coming into the new year that they kind of reopened talks, but but nothing really has come through. Is this still a, a thing where they do want to get him signed long-term and it's just it's on the player, or is this a guy that this might be the best asset the Flames have to move at the deadline? Uh, I think it's. I think they would certainly like to get him done, yeah. uh, get him signed. It, it's, I, I think this is just on the player's side. The hesitancy to like, – he could have had that extension at the beginning of the yep. season. You know, waited, wanted to see how the team was going to perform. They they reengaged in those conversations around the holidays, around New Year. Yeah. Um, but we're still, and I and I'm, I'm, I'm and I don't have a definitive answer on this. But I was curious. Or it, was it? Yes, you reached out and tried to get the ball rolling again. But was is also part of the negotiation tactic um, as these trade talks are are you know continuing? Well, we're going to try to resign him again. Maybe if you yeah. give us a little extra, it convince us. So. I mean, it's all part of the game, certainly. But look, if, if they could get a deal done, I think the Flames would have signed off by now. But this is more on, on the players' part. And if that hesitancy is still there, I, I, I'm, I'm more of the belief that they will move him. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing really has changed between now and four weeks ago mm-hmm. and, and, and really at the beginning of the season. So um, if the player isn't fully committed – then I think it might be in the best interest of the club to to move on, get your assets, um, and and you know go go from there. Really, uh, we had Jason Bukala of Sportsnet, the Pro Hockey Group, former scout. He joined us last week, and he kind of senses that the teams uh, might value teams that have a higher range of prospects available to them over mm. first rounders, just because of how the draft is uh, is set up this year. Do you kind of get that feel that? Teams are going to want more, you know, prospects versus picks this year. Uh, the, the the narrative in the last couple of seasons has has kind of shifted and changed, and I think one of the the teams that kind of spearheaded that movement a little bit was the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, um, 
and and their move. Not necessarily, you know, it's it's a first round pick or equivalent value, at least in the eyes of of the Boulder. So you know, to make those like the Foley trade and bring the, the return back, um, and and a couple other moves that the Canadians made, we're getting you know, key top tier prospects, or at least the ones that they view as top tier prospects, as opposed to a first round pick, a second round pick, uh, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And that has kind of shifted a little bit around the league where teams are going, okay, well, if you're more open to moving this caliber prospect, whom we already know has, you know, per- performed at, let's say the AHL level, for yeah. example, and you've got a better read on the tra- uh, trajectory of that player, of that asset, then I would rather take him then take a chance on the first round pick if it's mid tier or, or towards, you know, the, the, the later half, the last 10 picks in the draft, for example. Um, so we, that, that is part of the equation. No question when teams are negotiating these deals and some value the assets a little bit differently. The, the, the unknown is nice, but then when you see those glimpses of what the potential may actually be after a year or two in pro, that that also ha- holds a lot of weight as well. So it really comes down to what the team is looking for. But that that mindset has shifted where it's not a first-round pick isn't the be-all and end-all of no. the primary piece coming back anymore. No, not at all. Because just teams just don't know what you're getting anymore with the with you know scouts move, the development changes. You just you kind of want guys that are fin- not not finished products, but you kind of get a, a sense of what they are. Uh, the right. LA there's, there's more of a taste. Exactly. Uh, the LA Kings, man, they lose again last oh night. Uh, one more before the break against the Predators, and that's a massive game in the Western Conference wildcard picture. Uh, how much yep. trouble is Todd McClellan in right now? And also, it feels like every locker dressing room that Dubois, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois goes in, nothing good follows. <laughs> um, well, I'm not going to throw this all on... on <laughs> no, on it's not all on Dubois, um, but... <laughs> Uh, but there are, look, when, when Drew Doughty has to come out yeah. and publicly give your team a shot, um, things aren't going great. And, you know, Drew does a, as much as he can to keep things in-house, but clearly um, he, he felt it was necessary to, to speak up and say that some guys are, 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 you know, playing more of the mindset of looking at my individual stats and how I'm performing versus how mm-hmm. the team is performing. Um, I, I see this team a lot. I, I was, um, they've won twice this month. I was at one of those wins. Um, and I, I thought against the Rangers after they pulled out a two, one win that things would shift. They got a nice win. Wasn't the prettiest of hockey games for them, but they pulled it off. They held tight. They got two points and they were given a gift with San Jose and Buffalo right after that. And they totally dropped it. They one point in a loss to San Jose in overtime. They lose five, five, three to the Sabres. They get smoked by Colorado shortly after that. And then again, as you mentioned, they lose an OT last night to uh, the Blues, whom they now share yep. standings with in points. It, it's, it's not good. And there are a number of – and oddly enough, I mean, I, I spoke to Dubois while I was in L.A. for, for a stretch. And, you know, it's, it's, he's sitting in the locker room. He's willing to take questions. He's not hiding. Um, you know, he understands his performance isn't where it needs to be. And he's trying to, to, as he says, find the rhythm again in, in his game. Um, but between his performance, he knows he's, he's not doing well, um, is the nicest way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the other guys aren't either. So now you try to do too much. And noticing this team, they come out flying most times, Colorado notwithstanding, that game was different. Um, but in the last stretch, 
They've come out flying. They've come out strong. And things don't go their way in the first period. Either it's 0-0 after 20, or, and, and they have a ton of chances, or they give up the soft goal, they're down by one or two, and they just come out in the next, in, in the next period deflated. And that's the mindset that needs to change with that group. Now, whether it's individuals that need to do it, I, I know Todd McClellan and the coaching staff have been trying to, to do that, to, to, to mm-hmm. change that mindset, that narrative. But before the loss to Buffalo, I thought they're going to hold firm. Um, Roster-wise, they can't do much because of the cap. They will get Victor Arvidsson back in the lineup in the next few weeks. That should help the offense. But with that loss, Colorado's loss, yesterday's loss, if they lose against Nashville, I I, I think think we're much closer to a coaching change than than really we've we've been this season with this group and, and over this stretch. It's not a move Rob Blake wants to do. No, but he might not have any other choice. Well, he's that's exactly it. You're running out of runway here. Um, yep. For 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 a team like you know, I get it, like the like, do you really want to make a coaching change this late in the season? But it's like, hey, we do kind of have a good team here. We need to change something, and you can't exactly. Uh, and you're like you said, you're their caps, they're cash strapped right now with with how the cap is and everything. So, uh, yeah. the coach, you just look. It, at, yeah, go ahead. It, no, it's it's it, I just to add it's it's a tough it's a tough situation to to be in because at the same time you want to be able to, first of all, you need the cap space to get Arvidsson back in the lineup yep. and they have that. So any other lateral move, any other type of move, does it, does it shift the narrative at all? Does it shift the paradigm? Can they, can they get going? Um, you know, they, they call up Alex uh, Turcott. Um, you know, the kids haven't Fajimo and, and Brant, uh, Brant Clark haven't, you know, been that, that big spark um, that at least offensively, so you, you kind of look to some of the main guys and even Kopitar admitted this week that he's just, he's not, or this past week that he's not up to the level he needs to be yeah. um, to help push this team. It's, it's a, it's a collaborative uh, free fall, not just one or two guys or the coach. No, not exactly. Uh, we're talking with David Pagnota, uh from the fourth period. Uh, another team that's uh, on the struggle bus right now. They're currently on the outside uh, of the playoff picture and it feels like in the east it feels like the eight that are in there right now are might be the eight that you get come april and i looked at that team that's in the 10th spot right now the pittsburgh penguins uh six back of the final wild card spot uh five just five back of the final metro spot but the penguins they, they're kind of like they kind of made their bed last year with getting in eric carlson you know you give mm-hmm. you, you bring back uh gino you extend chris letang you're also approaching that Sidney Crosby is eligible to sign a, an extension on July 1, something he hasn't done in this new regime. They, you know, it, was, it was in 2013 with Lemieux and Ray Shiro. This is a new ownership group. I'm just wondering, is there a point that's coming up with Pittsburgh that they're going to have to make the decision that we have to look beyond the Crosby era and see what's out there? Or is Crosby, you think, you're in your mind, a lifer with Pittsburgh? I would be beyond shocked if he ends up anywhere else. Okay. Um, that being said, the, this team's runway is running like, out. Like, how much is he going to win here? You think? Yeah, and, and and well, and that's look. That's what Jake Gensel would like to know. Yeah. Um, what's where's the game plan here? Where like how, are we still going to be competing for the next three, four, five, six, seven seasons, or after two years, is there going to be a rebuild? Mm-hmm. And if it is a rebuild after a couple seasons, even with, you know, Latang and Malkin and, and, and you've got Carlson for another few seasons after that, um, or a couple seasons, um, 
if, if I, if, if, you know, from Jake Gensel's perspective, well, I don't want to sign here long-term mm-hmm. um, if it's only going to be two years of trying to compete and then the rest of it's going through a rebuild. He wants another opportunity to continue to chase a cup and, and, and have that type of success for, for the duration of his next contract. And that affects Crosby. That affects the, the direction of the team. Like I said, I think Sid is, is sticking around there, whether they're continuing to, to be in this position for the next couple of seasons, where they're fighting and trying to cling to a, a wild card spot, or if they go through a rebuild. But that's what, they have to de- that's what they have to determine. I know the mindset coming in, and you guys mentioned it just now, with the offseason, Carlson, and bringing that in and other pieces. Obviously, it hasn't worked. Um, and, and it's going to look to Kyle Dubas to decide what he wants to do. Um, I'm still unclear because it's, it's still a little bit hazy. You want to hold on, and the team wants to hold on and mm. cling to that playoff hope as long as they can. Uh, it might cost them Jake Gensel. And, and how do they recover from that? Who do they bring in? Not just from an offensive side of things, but just a guy that clicks so well on and off the ice with Sidney Crosby. It's, it's, it's not an easy position. And I think they're going to take part of this break now um, to sit down and try to map out what they view over these next couple months and couple of years. And that'll dictate a lot of what they end up doing between now and the March 8th trade deadline. What's your read in Columbus with what's been going on? David yurichek has been a healthy scratch. This guy's been thought of as, as one of the top prospects. He brought in, uh, you know, talking about Kevin Korchinski and, and Simo Nemec, who are, are similar age, who are playing more or in bigger roles. What do you think's going to happen there with, with David Juracek? And overall, like, the situation in Columbus, that, that's a stinky team right now, despite being the Flames yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you you pull out a win every once in a while. Yeah. It just when it's a team that that's in your backyard, it hurts a little. Yeah, um, you know certainly. But this is look, um, almost anything and everything that could have gone wrong with this team has has gone wrong. Uh, the injuries, the I mean, the Babcock situation from the start yeah. of the year. I mean that that was a nice little precursor to how the rest of the year was going to go. Um, uh, the, the, the lack of offense, the Merzlikens situation um, and, and wanting a trade and, and mm-hmm. up and down and this, that, and the other. Now you have Patrick Line who, yep. um, you know, entered the, uh, the, 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 the program, yeah. right. Um, with, within the national hockey league for a, a few different things that he's battling right now. So all of these different elements are coming, coming in for, for Columbus. And I like with, with, Vincent behind the bench and with Kekalainen up top, I think we're nearing a point where there may be a regime shift yeah. um, this offseason in, in Columbus because it, it just hasn't worked. The moves haven't, haven't paid off. Johnny Goudreau signing, everybody thought that you know, he would be able to help push this team forward, and, and clearly it, it hasn't worked. Um, and then with Juracek, I mean, some teams, if you're not going to utilize the asset, if you're not going to give him that experience, then at least have him play in junior in the a overseas, wherever he may be mm-hmm. to, to maintain that level of consistency. You know, to, there's only so much you're going to learn, especially when you're at that level or that, that, excuse me, that potential um, from riding the pine and, and, and participating in practice. But the Montreal Canadians, I go back to them with your ice um, They could have easily sent him down to the a, let him play it out but they wanted him with the tutelage of, of Marty St. Louis wanted him to develop at this level and play. 
and gain experience at this level. And he was kind of bouncing up and down the lineup. He started to gain some confidence. He was given more responsibility. And he's actually playing pretty well, um, especially, I'd say, the last 15 games or so. He's, he is playing significantly better yes, than how he performed at the start of the year. And the only way sometimes to do that and to get your confidence up is to play. And, and I'm not sure exactly where the mindset is there with, with Juracek and Columbus, um, especially with how this team is performing. But, and I'm sure there's communication, you know, between team player agent. Um, but at some point, you know, the things have to shift. It's, it's an interesting situation as well with Shane Wright in Columbus, uh, excuse me, in, in Seattle. Yeah. Um, he's in the A right now and he's lighting it up. He's doing very well. Mm-hmm. But then his minutes are even kind of fluctuating a little bit. It's, a, it's, a, it's an odd situation there, but his confidence is up. He's at least playing consistently. When is that opportunity to now shift that into the NHL? But he's at least getting that. Right now with your check in, in Columbus, it's a bit of a head scratcher in my opinion. Yeah, it certainly is. I, I do I do wonder about the future of uh, maybe not maybe not Vincent, but definitely like even if if Kika Linen goes and if they bring in a new president GM, the coach might not be long for the world either. Um, yeah. One more for you there, David. Uh, who's going to be a more interesting uh, Eastern Canadian team to watch uh, come deadline day? It's, is it going to be the Montreal Canadiens or the Ottawa Senators? I think Ottawa. Okay. Um, is yeah, it more so. I think. Is it Chikrin? <clears throat> yeah, I mean he's he's part of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I know, you know, Steve Stales tried to kind of cool the waters a little bit um, with respect to Chikrin. Um, they, they like him. They want to keep him, this, that, and the other. Well, teams have called. They've, had, they've been engaged in conversations. And, um, you know, it, it, it would not shock me whatsoever if, if Chikrin is moved, okay. uh, you know, by, by the deadline. He's got another year left. There has been uh, – uh, there's been a lot of chatter, especially over the, uh, since the calendar flipped here to 2024, that the relationship might not be the best fit in, in Ottawa. Um, he certainly loves the market, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I could love a city and not, not be overly fond of the team that I'm on. Exactly. Um, it's, it sounds like that's kind of what's going on there. And there has been, has been, excuse me, some question marks as to whether or not he would sign long-term with the senator. So if that does become the case, if the senators find that out or already know it, I mean, you, you have, you have no choice. You have to look at your options. Um, now, conveniently for them, the left side is stacked and whether they move him for a forward or, or a, a right shot defenseman to play on that side, um, then, you know, they, they've got certainly options there, but there are teams that have expressed interest there. Um, you have Tarasenko, on an expiring contract, you have Kubalik, you have a few other pieces that you could potentially, you know, move and, and bring in some, some, some players that have experience and, and terms. So there's certainly, I think for them, it's, it's going to be a lot more interesting in Ottawa over these next five weeks than the Canadians, um, other than Jake Allen, Sean Monaghan, mm-hmm. maybe David Savard, whose name is out there. Okay. I'm not expecting too much um, or anything. Oh, look, something can always happen at a left field. Um, but I'm, I'm expecting more from the Sens than I am the Habs. Uh, David, thank you so much for taking some time out of uh, your morning and, uh, and chatting some puck with me. Uh, you're you're, you're going to be at the All-Star game, I assume, doing all that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. the All-Star festivities kind of – I think they start Wednesday here. Okay. Um, Thursday's the draft. Then yep. you got Friday Thursday. skills, Saturday game. Saturday game in the afternoon. Yep. And, and uh, the city's going to be bonkers. 
Um, <laughs> certainly, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> More crazy uh, over here, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to it. And this is the last All Star game um, for a couple seasons. Yeah, uh, I guess. Inter- yeah, international tournament next year, Olympics the year after that. So 2027 will be the next one. Um, so hopefully the NHL really really pumps out the entertainment value. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope it's a it's a fun week uh, for you and everybody uh, that's going to be out there watching it. Thanks so much, David. Awesome. Thank you. There you go. David Pignota, uh, editor-in-chief over at the fourth period, does some work over uh, NHL Network Radio on uh, Sirius XM as well. That'll do it for us. Uh, Jeff Merrick shows up next. He'll kick off every show with uh, Elliot Friedman, get the latest uh, from around the league. Then at 1035, Vince Mercogliano from USA Today, all things Rangers, talking a little uh, Philippe Hurdle and his season-ending injury as uh, the Rangers subtly may be involved in a team maybe looking for another center as well. Maybe Lindholm to the Rangers. Maybe it's a possibility. I don't know. Uh, Steve Meyer, uh, NHL's chief content officer, will join him at 11, talking all things what the NHL has planned this week in Toronto for the All-Star game. Then Brian Ray, uh, all things Dallas Stars at 11.30, as uh, Thomas Harley. He's the guy that everybody's talking about. As It looks like the Stars found another really good young defenseman. Just uh, what they needed. Just what they needed <laughs> in, in Thomas Harley. That's the Jeff Merrick Show next. Uh, thank you to GVP for making us sound Oh, so good. Our interviews with Brent Cron, Charles uh, Davis, and uh, Dave Pagnota, all up on our Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff Merrick shows next. Keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.